but then stacking it up against the best in the world at the Memorial at like a hard golf course and being like, I think I finished like 60th place. And that gave me a lot of confidence moving forward because I felt like, Hey, like my game's good enough to compete on the highest of levels. Like, We appreciate Dorn. We know your background, kind of. We know that you played at Coastal Carolina. You're from Cincinnati. You've played both at the U.S. Open in 2014, and you played at the Memorial, and you've played on PGA Tour Canada last year, been pro for the past seven years. So you got a quite a nice resume. We're a great player at Coastal Carolina. But before we get into all that stuff and your tournament experience, let's start from the beginning. How did you get into the game of golf so my my dad played growing up and he came from a big family and him and his brothers caddied uh when they were younger and uh he loved the game and so when i was younger he would just take me out to the golf course and i'd go around with them and then i started to really like it i mean we've got pictures of like family parties when i'm in diapers and my dad and his brothers are showing me how to hold the golf club one of them like still swears to this day that he taught me the interlock grip when I was like three years old and it's stuck ever since. But, uh, but yeah, I got introduced by my dad and, um, I mean, we still play all the time together when I'm in town and he's in town. I don't know. I just kind of took it from there. I'd go out on the evenings with my dad. And then once I started to get to like the age where it was like, you know, I was able to kind of like hit the ball and, and, uh, really like start to show some interest. Um, we joined a country club and started going out and practicing and playing and going and getting into tournaments and kind of took, took it from there. So you said you started getting into tournaments, like your first tournaments, were you good? Were you not good? Like, was it just something, how'd you pick that up and get used to them? So my first tournament, actually, we were on vacation in like Fort Myers, Florida. And, um, like two months before that, I was seven years old. Two months before that, I'd got my first hole in one ever, just like some public course in Cincinnati. I like dinked a three wood and I just bounced up, up and rolled into the hole. So I don't remember much about the tournament, but I have a framed picture of me. I think there were three people playing in the tournament. One of the kids didn't finish. So I got second and the other kid was like actually good. I, I was like an executive course and I shot like 58 for nine holes, but it took me a while to start to like, really get the hang of it and and everything and i honestly i don't even remember when it when i like kind of took the turn i was probably like 10 11 or 12 like 10 to 12 before i started like actually playing good golf and that was about the same time when we joined a uh, different country club where they had a big junior program with a lot of really good junior players so i was out there practicing with all those guys every single day. And I think that's kind of what, you know, why I got better and started playing better. So did you specialize in golf at that early age or did you play in any other sports while you were younger? So I played everything when I was, when I was younger. I mean, it was golf, swimming, basketball, baseball, soccer. I mean, I even took like gymnastics and daycare. As I got older, it was like, okay, you got to make a decision. Like, are you going to play golf or are you going to play basketball or baseball because golf and baseball both have like pretty tough 
travel schedules during the summer and everything. So throughout grade school, I played golf during the summer, football during the fall, and basketball during the winter and the spring. Then in high school, I dropped football because golf and football were both fall sports in Ohio. So I was I was seriously considering playing golf or football instead of golf my freshman year just to meet people. But uh, but yeah, I was I played all the sports growing up and and then decided. I mean, I I was starting to get good at golf and not growing, so I was like, all right, we need to uh, stick with golf because I'm height challenged. When you were playing in those tournaments as a junior, you start to specialize. You said, what kind of tours were you playing on? Are AJGAs? You're talking, I think, at that area that you had plantation was going around in the fall. What kind of tours were you playing on, and what was that gradual step up like for you? Uh, yeah, so I started out playing in like the the city juniors stuff and like the county opens in in Cincinnati and. Um, and then the PJGT plantation junior golf tour. Uh, and I played in all of those. I mean, basically up until, I don't think I played at AJGA until my, between sophomore and junior year of high school, maybe played in one earlier that, and that was the time when I stopped playing basketball after my sophomore year of high school. So I I think I might've played in like one AJGA tournament, um, as a sophomore, just to get big like a, a star exemption whatever their whatever their qual like to be able to play in tournaments and I did and then I just from there I started to play more AJGAs but I started off like the city and county opened and then the plantation and I played a lot of the plantation stuff all the way until about I started playing the AJGAs and then started playing AJGAs my last couple of years of high school when did you first start to get noticed did you feel like in the golf world as far as like getting recruited for colleges etc and when did you realize hey i actually might want to go to college and play golf there well i i said earlier uh the course i was a member at we had a lot of junior members um and there were uh, most of them were older than i was and so they were like anywhere from like two to five years older and i would play with them every day when they were home during the summer and i was like okay you know i can play as good as these guys from the same tees or beat them and everything like that. And then starting in like eighth grade, I think was the first time I got noticed by uh, university of Cincinnati's coach, Doug Martin. We were playing like the, the city junior open and, and, uh, and I played well and he came up to me and was like, Hey, like, you know, introduced himself. I, I was kind of already familiar with him just because uh, he had a son, Cody played and he was a, around my age and um so i was familiar with doug and then he came up and introduced himself to like me and my parents and was like hey you know you you kind of got something here you might want to you know start start uh taking it pretty serious and and uh try to go and play in college and i mean by that time i was kind of wanting to already when getting ready for high school and everything that was definitely on the radar, but that was the first experience I had with the college coach. And then, uh, you know, I didn't get any like locally, all the, you know, all the local colleges were, you know, pretty early on. And then as I started getting better and playing in bigger tournaments and like the AJGA invitationals and, and doing well and everything, then I started getting more attention from the schools outside of, uh, you know, 
our little four four hour you know area. So you ultimately ended up playing at um, Coastal Carolina. What made you decide to play there? Um, and did you have any bigger schools that offered you? Yeah. So, I mean, the main reason I went to Coastal was uh, I wanted to play golf year round because I'd never done that before. And to me, just talking to the people that were, you know, a guy like Doug Martin uh, and some some of the older college players that I knew, they were like, you know, it 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 can do a lot for your development if you're playing golf year round. And so that was a big draw to me. And I actually had one of my best friends growing up from Cincinnati moved to Alabama when we were, he was a year older than me. So he moved to Alabama when we were getting ready to go into high school. And then he ended up going to coastal and committing there. So, I mean, I would still go like visit him once a year. He'd come up and visit me. And then he was like telling the coastal coaches like, Hey, you got to go check out my buddy. Cause our, our goal all along was to play like high school golf together. And we never got that chance. And, uh, and then the opportunity came to where it was like, wow, this would be cool to go play college golf together. So the coaches came up and watched me play uh, PJGT at like Kearney Hills or something like that. And uh, I played really well. I won. And and then like the next day they were like, hey, like we really like your game, blah, blah, blah. And so so that was like the main reason I chose Coastal was the, the Southern, Southern school. And uh, one of my best friends was there. And he ended up transferring the next year, so I never even got to play college golf with him. But um, it came down to Coastal and Illinois for me. Um, so I had, like, you know, one of the top programs, but it was in the Midwest, or I could go to a smaller school in the South. And that's kind of – I was, you know, trying to figure out which one, which route I wanted to go, and I ultimately chose the, you know, smaller school in the South. and. You know, I guess you could think, uh, oh, what if I did this? What if I did that? But, you know, I, I'd like to think I make the right decision and I don't want to think too hard about like, uh, you know, what if I did that? Yeah, it looks like it's worked out well for you and you got there and pretty early on, I think uh, when you go into that kind of environment, especially going from the north to the south, you get a little bit, you get the opportunity to improve at a faster pace because you don't have that winter that's keeping you out and you kind of get around to play. You guys have a pretty solid schedule down there. Tell us about what it was like going from high school to college and when you realized or if you, there was even an issue there, you're like, hey, like, not only can I play with these guys, like I can beat these guys, I'm ready to play right now and be a solid player. Yeah, so but, you know, another reason why I chose Coastal was I, I felt like I could go in there and play immediately. Um, they were a good team, but they weren't you know, one of the top ranked teams in the country. They were, I think when I got there, we were like 75th in the country. And my first, my freshman year, we were about that as well. But um, yeah, I felt like as soon as I got there, I, I was kind of uh, ready to go. And I struggled initially my freshman year. I mean, I just the adjustment of college and being by yourself and everything and, and just all the nonsense that comes with college. Um, but uh, I eventually figured it out. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, that just being able to practice and, and being around, like, like taking that next step and being around even better players, like Division One college athletes, and having a coach there to kind of like, all right, you guys need to do this, this, and this every day. 
and and then that my coach in college was my swing coach too and i really i'd worked with some people but i never really had a swing coach growing up that much like my dad was was the main person i'd go to and i saw doug martin a little bit but uh but really it was just kind of me and my dad and then i got to college and then my coach alan terrell helped me out a lot so uh that that uh i think kind of helped helped me get prepared to play and I was fortunate enough to kind of play immediately. I think I only missed uh, two tournaments in my whole career in college. So would you say that you guys mostly worked on changing your swing? Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of everything. I mean, Alan really kind of uh, uh, did a whole game overhaul with me. I mean, the swing, we started with the swing, but like I I was always a pretty good ball striker. So that wasn't like a huge deal struggled with the putting and then I just had like good hands around the green so I could get by chipping but like the adjustment going from from uh bent grass to Bermuda that was like the biggest thing I'd had I'd played some in the south but not not a ton um so I mean I think after my freshman year at the end of the year he's like all right we need to fix this so like I completely changed how I chip uh we slowly started to improve my golf swing but I think the best part about Allen was, and at Coastal was the uh, the game management side of that. I mean, I had no course management skills, zero when I got, I mean, as most junior golfers do. But um, I think some of the better players as a junior, they already know, like, you know, they have really good, they miss it in the right spot and everything and have good, you know, ball flight control and great course management. And I was just like, I could shoot 66 or I could shoot 80 because I, I didn't, didn't really know how to kind of manage my way around there. And, uh, I think that was a big thing. I mean, we would meet once a week as a team and kind of go over, you know, next week's event and pins and everything and how we should attack the golf course and, and areas where we need to be hitting it and everything. And even when we were qualifying, we would kind of break down in the beginning, we would break down our, our qualifying courses as, as far as like, here's where the pins are going to be tomorrow. Um, you know, I want you guys to be hitting it here and, and having this shot in the green from this side, don't miss it here kind of, but, uh, I think that was the biggest, the biggest difference. I mean, you know, tightening up the golf game and the technical side of it, but the, the course management stuff was, was great. Going back to your chipping, how did, how did he change your technique for it to be better on uh, Bermuda grass as opposed to bent grass? Yeah, so is like uh, as most juniors do. I had a really strong grip, and I like leaned the shaft pretty hard, and just would kind of like open face, hands forward, just kind of like cut, spin it. And you kind of have to have that shot out of like the bent grass rough, and and that's basically how I played every shot. Though is like you know pretty steep, just kind of swiping across it. So we tweaked my grip a little bit, and and that was like full swing change too. So weakened it a little bit. And then I'll never forget this. I went home after my freshman year of the summer and he was like, all right, towel between your arms, put your hands behind the club head and hit shots like that. So really like exposing the bounce and, and, and like having your hands in more of a neutral position and, and get out of that, like more like stabby and diggy shot. And, uh, and so that was like the main main thing we changed. Uh, 
just kind of a little grip change and then just getting getting rid of like the major shaft lean um, on my on my chipping and, and just trying to use more of the bigger muscles and everything like that. And I still work on on the same stuff today. And then the next year, uh, that sophomore year, you improved your stroke average. I think freshman year, a stroke average was 76 or something like that. Sophomore year, 73. You guys go on. I think you shot 74, 75 in the NCAA regional to get you guys to the NCAA championship. And then you competed there. What was it like, you know, one, was that what it took working with your coach to kind of make that jump and help you guys get there? And two, what was it like going from, uh, last year, you know, playing it, playing in almost all the events to next year, playing every event and you guys are in the NCAA championship. Yeah. I mean, I think just like the maturity, uh, thing was, it was, uh, I, I matured a little bit. You go from a freshman in college to a sophomore, you, you kind of get the drill by that point, you know what you should and shouldn't be doing. And, uh, really I started to kind of, uh, my freshman year, I was just kind of like, Oh, this is cool. I'm playing golf. I'm going to school. I'm doing all this stuff. And then sophomore year, I really was like, all right, let's start to take this a little more serious. Like let's get over it being like cool to be here and start competing. And and uh, fortunately, I had a an upperclassman, Sebastian Soderberg, who's on the European tour. He's won on the European tour. Uh, he just finished second in last week's event. Um, he was a senior my sophomore year, and I think that his he played at uh, nationals the year before as an individual. And I think his drive and wanting the team to get better, and him being a leader, really showed like me and a couple other guys on the team like wow like and this is this guy's like leading by example and doing a great job and, and he kind of pushed the rest of the team uh just by you know wanting us to be good and that coupled with a little bit of maturity i think we all started because there was there was four guys in my grade that were the that were you know we were all about the same player my my freshman year and Seabass kind of pushed us all to get better. And I think that that really helped the team. And then once we started taking it a little bit more serious, I, that we we kind of started playing good. I started playing better. And, you know, my roommates did as well. So what advice would you give to a college player who may be listening right now who wants to step up, um, become that leader on the team, and push his teammates to become better? Leading by example, I, I feel like is is – is huge, especially in golf, because we're so it's an individual sport. So there's not a lot of rah rah that goes with it. Where it's like football and basketball, you can kind of get in somebody's face and and you can just try harder and, and you know max efforts usually better. Whereas golf, it's more like you know if you're if you're really like yelling at somebody or I, they may not respond well to that. But uh, yeah, that just uh, I mean that's what I mean seeing. Seabass get to practice like 30 minutes before and staying like 30 minutes after not just doing and, and doing more than the bare minimum and, and just really wanting to get better and not just going to practice just because he has to be there. And that was the big thing that, that I saw with him that, that made, you know, us get better. You know, we started the year off, everybody would get to practice like five, 10 minutes before it started halfway through the year. It was, 30 minutes early, 30 minutes later. And then it, you know, towards the spring. And once we started playing good, it was like, 
as soon as class was over, we're racing to the golf course, staying there, practicing, and then we're staying there till dark. Um, so, yeah, I mean, leading by example, and uh, I think it was was the biggest thing. It, and everybody's different, but that's what I saw the most. I mean, uh, I, I think that's the best way, especially, like I said, golf is not really a rah-rah sport. I think you can you can do a lot. You can show a lot by just your actions and everything. Yeah, and you played well after, you know, that, that kind of leadership is a nice thing to have, and it's something good to see. And as you can see in your own game, uh, that's kind of what you've attributed part of uh, your progress to. And then that next year, sophomore to junior year and going into junior junior you won your first tournament uh your first college tournament and then you won the north south and you won the ohio am and qualified for the usam which is a nice summer to have right there let's go through first winning the north south you were a 16 seed and then knocked off the first seed what was that tournament like for you yeah so it was really cool i mean the summer before I don't even know what I played in between my freshman and sophomore year. Um, like I played in some local stuff. I would put whatever tournaments I can get into. And then between my sophomore and junior year was my first good summer. And I think being like ranked high enough in the college rankings and the team doing well, I was able to get into some of the amateur events. And the North South was like, I think it was like the first, like, bigger amateur event that I played in outside of like my state. And, uh, I don't know what happened to me. I mean, I, I qualified in and like it was three days of stroke play and I got in, it was like a massive playoff for the last couple. It was like the last three spots. It was like seven guys for three spots. And, you know, they like, by the first hole, everybody was eliminated. And then it just came down to like seeding. I was playing against, uh, I, it was ironic how it worked out. The 15 seed, Zach Boshu, who I ultimately beat in the finals, he was the 15 seed. And we got to like the last playoff hole because we're playing for seeding. And this was like the third hole that we've played. So first playoff hole, everyone was eliminated. The three guys remaining were in. One guy made birdie, two guys made par, the other like four made bogeys. Then Zach and I go, we're playing for who's going to play 15 or 16. And we tie and tie. And then we get to the next seat and I'm like, he's like, hey, I really want to play my friend who's the two seed. I think it was Adam Wood. And he's like, do you care at all? And I'm like, I don't care, dude. And then the rules official was like, all right, we got to, we can't just like do this. So we got to like flip a coin. And I'm like, all right, flip a coin and whatever it is, that's what Zach called it. So that's how we decided the, uh, the seeding for the North South. And then I don't know, I think like, uh, we played number four in the stroke play portion and then we went to number two. So it was like, this is a completely different golf tournament now and it's match play too. And I think just being like the 16th seed and having a little chip on my shoulder, like, oh, no one thinks I'm going to win, playing that underdog card, I think can go a long way in match play, especially playing a course that's like as difficult as number two. Uh, as I said earlier, like my ball striking is my strength and I got pretty good hands around the green. And uh, that first match I played, I think I hit like five greens in regulation and shot one under and beat 
uh, Adam Shank and 20 holes. And then the next match later that day went to 20 holes as well. Birdied the 20th putt in the hole to win. And then after that, it was a little more like, okay, I'm starting to play better. But the first two days, it was like, or the first day where I played 40 holes, it was like, well, this is nuts. So then, uh, then I started to kind of get more comfortable in that, that match play environment and then, and then kind of handled my business the next day in the semifinals and finals. Did you have any nerves in that tournament more so than usual, given that, as you said, you hadn't played in much outside of Ohio uh, or big out of Ohio prior to then? I, not not really. Uh, I think the most nervous I was was like the tee shot during the first playoff hole when it was like this whole group of guys. And it was like, I, I think we played number number 18 on, on the course number four and I, they've redone it since, so I don't know what it looks like, but it was like a slight dog leg left. There was like oh, sand all the way up the left. And and I was like, man, if I can just like miss the left bunker, I'm, I'm good. Because I just watched like a couple guys hit it in the right trees and then two guys miss it into the left bunker. And I just like tomahawk pulled one up the left and I covered all of the bunker and I got up there and I was like 30 yards ahead of everybody. And I was like, all right, we're cool. This is good. And, and like just hitting that shot and like, uh, executing it, even though I like missed it, like pulled it left of my line, that kind of like freed me up a little bit. I was like, all right, I was nervous. I hit the shot and it was still like not perfect, but it was very good. So that kind of like gave me a little like boost of confidence. And then, you know, the match play thing, I was taking the approach of like, I'm the 16 seed. No one expects me to play well or win. So why not just kind of go for broke? So that's a, you know, obviously a really big amateur tournament to win. Um, did that, did you think, did you always think that you were going to play pro or did you, you know, have a different approach towards a career playing golf after winning that tournament? Um, I mean, I wanted to play professional golf. I didn't think that it was really re- a realistic goal. Uh, you know, until you're closer to it, you look at the pros and professional players as like people you idolize and don't really look at them like they're similar to you at all. And I would go, I'd been to a lot of tournaments before just like watching these guys and being like, wow, they're so good. Like, this is nuts. And then uh, I won that event and it, it still didn't really cross my mind. I was just like playing good golf and having fun with my friends doing it. And then I would say as the year went on, the summer went on and the year went on, it started to become like, you know, midway through my junior year, I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this could definitely be a thing. I'd still need to get better and I still do, but you know, I, I, I wouldn't say that it was like a, a major, major factor or thought in my mind. But later on, once I was like trying to figure out, all right, man, I'm a, getting ready to be a junior. I'm halfway through my junior year in college. I got to kind of figure out what I want to do. That's when it started to kind of become a realization and a realistic goal. And the next year you got a front row seat as far as playing with pros at a high level. You played at the U.S. Open. Uh, Tell us about the qualifying, going through qualifying for that, the story behind all that, and then actually being there. 
Yeah, so it was nuts. I mean, um, I would always go to the, and I still always go to the uh, Cincinnati site for U.S. Open local qualifying at Makatiwa. It's like some old school country club, thick, rough, crazy greens. Uh, and I've done well there in the past. I, I think I got through my senior year of high school and then didn't get through again until my my junior or the year I qualified for the U.S. Open in 2014. But I was like, I was playing really good during that stretch. That was right after, it was right after I had that, uh, another good junior year. And, uh, I, I left school to go to back to Cincinnati before regionals to do the U S open local qualifying played really good at U S open local qualifying. I, I, they had redone the course and I broke the new competitive course record by three shots. I was medalist by five shots that day or something like that. Maybe it was only three shots, but, um, I played really good and I was like, still just like having so much fun doing it. Like, I mean, it was just, it seemed like it was effortless. I was hitting it forever. I was putting it good. I was hitting everything close. So it was just like, all right, cool. And then sectionals was at Springfield, um, and in Ohio. And that's another like tricky little golf course, like super firm, the craziest greens I've ever played golf on. Uh, and the rough wasn't crazy long, but it was, it's like June and, and, you know, in Ohio. So it was starting to thin out a little bit, but it would be thick in spots. And, uh, I played solid the first round. I think I shot like even or one under the first round, still not even like thinking about any of it. And then the next round I started off, I was like, I think I shot even the first day, the first in the morning. And then the next round I started off, I was five under through 10. All of a sudden I was like, holy crap. Like, this is a, like, this is going to happen. And, uh, that was probably like the first time I like felt like extremely nervous was like a camera crew came out and watched me hit this tee shot on my, it was like hole number five or six. I think it was hole number five, which was my what would that be like my 14th hole par five, but it's super firm. And literally like in the morning I hit driver and had sandwich in and I hit this thing so far. Right. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I had to chip out sideways and then ended up like just barely missing the green and making par having to scramble to make par on like that hole. And then I might've bogeyed it actually. Cause then the next hole I ended up birding and then it came down to 18 and I'd like, I'd missed a putt on my 17th hole. Number eight, this short little par par four up the hill. So like I needed to get two shots back in the last two holes uh, to get into the qualifying position and uh, ended up missing, missing like an eight foot birdie putt on my 17th hole. And I got to, got to the 18th hole and I was like joking with my dad and my caddy. I was like, well, got to make it. And it's like 140 yard par three down the hill. And I hit it to about six inches, almost canned it and tapped in for birdie and was like, uh, well, that was fun. Like, you know, no, oh, well, we'll get them next year. And the qualifying is like super, super, like kind of low key. Like they just handed me a sheet of paper and said, Hey, nice playing, like contact the USGA to figure out about your alternate status. So I called them the next day. <laughs> And they go, yeah, your site's actually the uh, the third or fourth ranked alternate site in the country. 
So Tiger's already withdrawn, and most years we have anywhere from like seven to twelve guys withdraw like early on. And the guy goes, "You'd have to be one of the most unlucky people in the in the world to not play in the U.S. Open." I was like, "Are you serious?" And so the next day he gives me a call and goes, "Hey." would you want to play in the U S open? And I was like, heck yeah. I was just sitting on my couch. Cause I was kind of bombed. I was like, dang, like, I'm, I don't know what to do. And then he called me the very next day and I was in there. So that was cool. How much do you think, um, your previous USGA qualifying experience helped you? The college experience of playing like 36 holes in one day kind of gave me a leg up on some of the other players. And then definitely caught some lightning in the bottle there. I mean, I was cooking, for, on that second 18 and like one of my best friends was caddying for me and we were just kind of out there like messing around he caddied for me at locals and then he caddied for me at sectionals so it was like wow this is uh you know this is kind of fun and I don't know I'd, I'd started playing like good golf in tournaments like before that and just kind of continued playing really good I mean there was a year stretch from basically the time that I won the North South all the way to when I qualified for the Ohio or for the U S open that I was playing, like I was winning, like, especially in the state of Ohio. I, I don't think I'd been beaten by a single player until sectionals for a whole year. So, um, I had a good run there and I, it, so I'd say a little bit just, uh, playing the 36-hole college golf days, and then more so catching lightning in the bottle and just getting hot. What did you learn going to the U.S. Open and preparing for it and going through that process? What was that like for you to be there? Tell us about that week. Yeah, so that was like a huge learning experience for me, and I attribute a lot of what I do today to that week. Um, I didn't play very good at all. I, I was not ready for the moment in any way, shape, or form. But getting there and seeing, like, okay, this is the toughest test in golf, seeing, like, being around the top players in the world and playing. I played with a practice round with Adam Scott, who was number one in the world at that time, and just being, like, kind of stacking myself up against them while we play, like, just being that, like, that young player that's, like, trying to beat everybody that he plays with and everything, even though it's a practice round. And he's not really locked in. I was like, man, like I I smoked him today. I got this. But it it was uh it was cool because when I was there, I got to play with you know Hunter Mahan, Patrick Reed, Dustin Johnson, Adam Scott, and then like I had two a friend that qualified, so I played with him on Tuesday, and then just kind of like feeling the pressure and being in the heat of the moment during the tournament and everything and and seeing what that felt like, but, uh, just kind of like seeing how real professionals approach the most important week of the year, what they do at tournaments, what they put emphasis on, how they, you know, build their weekly schedule for the week of the event, how they practice and, and everything. And, and that's kind of what, that's been my like blueprint, seeing what, like, you know, paying attention to what the guys that played well that week, what they did and, how I can build a schedule that's like that and use that for like every event, you know, four day event that I play in going forward. Perfect. Well, if that's the blueprint, tell us a little bit more about what that blueprint looks like for you 
when you implement it and what what those takeaways were and what the blueprint is that you've implemented yeah i mean it it was interesting because i had my my college coach was there with me and uh you know we were doing some swing work and everything but a lot of what he was telling me is like we need to just like you need to get comfortable we need what can you do to like feel good and gain confidence he was like all right let's let's just do like your favorite putting drills and and then i'll go watch you hit some balls but um it was more from like the physical and the mental approach seeing like what those guys are doing for practice rounds and and like how they're practicing and playing the course because like i had never really you know played a you know we played practice rounds in college and for other tournaments but you're basically like t- doing whatever your coach tells you to do or playing with your buddies um but yeah it, it's more about like just trying to get like mentally put your mind at ease and and getting yourself like mentally and physically like rested and ready to go i'll never forget come thursday ready i teed off like last on thursday at, like 250 i was exhausted like physically and mentally exhausted by then and i just like i could have been playing good but i i I wouldn't have i don't think i had any chance of playing good because i was so tired and and like physically and mentally exhausted and it was just like such a grind the next two days because of that so a lot of what i do leading up to the tournament it's like okay let's dial back the practice a little bit let's just really work on short game and t-balls and then kind of you know, do what we can to like put our mind at ease and, and mentally and physically not exhaust your body so we can go to the tournament and be fresh and, and ready to go uh, and and just kind of get your short game dialed while you're there. Yeah, I think that's a really tough balancing act for a lot of tournament players because, you know, you feel anxious leading up to the tournament, which makes you want to practice, work on your game, try to feel, make everything perfect. Um, and that usually just leads to wearing yourself out and having what happened to you happen. Um, but how do you kind of balance that, um, tournament anxiety with, you know, actually getting the, the amount of work in that you need to? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a tough juggling act that, you know, everyone's trying to perfect and, and I think the, the recipe is different for everybody. Um, you know, like you guys know both know Ashton and I've lived with him for a couple of years. And I mean, that man practices more than any, anybody I know. And, uh, and then you have like my side of it. Like I, I like to think that I work pretty hard, but then I see him and it's like, Holy cow, I'm doing like half of what he does. But, uh, so, you know, my recipe for getting ready for a tournament may be different than, than the next guy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think you gotta, you gotta like, look at it as uh like in advance you got to be like all right let's say i have three weeks to get ready for a tournament i'm gonna you know go out and do my technical work for do major technical work if if need be like early on in the process and then the closer you get to an event i'm probably gonna play more and work more on short game and then just work on like when i'm on the range i'm like all right what is my like on course feel going to be like what's because there's a lot of times when i'm working on my swing and it's like this swing thought that i'm trying to feel doesn't translate great to the golf course so i need to find something that's technically good for me and that feel needs to be you know 
good for the golf course as well. And, um, you know, so that's kind of full swing and technical what I'll do. And then, like I said, as we lead, as, 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 as we get closer to a tournament week out, it's probably, I'm not practicing as much. I'm, I'm just like chipping and putting a little bit more, working on some tee balls and then just getting out onto the course and working on that, like that one feel or the, you know, my competitive, like thought, swing thought and and just trying to get a consistent ball flight down in there that makes sense well kind of jump in from that you know you got that u.s open experience you kind of got a blueprint for how you're going to handle things then a year later you you go pro tell us about what you kind of expected turning pro to be like and then what it's actually been like for you yeah, I mean, I think everyone's dream is like this straight linear line straight from college to the PGA Tour. And, you know, there's a handful of guys that do that, but unfortunately, it's not like that for everybody. And as naive and young as I was and having like some success, I was like, man, I, I can I can do this, like, no problem. And um, my first like pro event, I went out and played well in and shot like 19 under for four rounds and I'd never shot anything close to that for four rounds. And I was like, this is, this isn't that hard. And then like I played first stage of Q school and I was leading after three rounds and well inside the number at first stage ended up coming in like third or fourth place. And I was like, okay, like, is this really how pro golf's going to be? And then, you know, going to second stage, I played an event like the week before second stage and lost in a playoff. And I was like, all right, we're ready. We're going to do this. And then I go to second stage and come in second to last place. And so that was kind of like the old, uh, you know, snap back to reality that I I wish I it didn't happen, but I kind of think it was good for me. And uh, my coach, Alan, at the time, he was like, I was living in Myrtle Beach and practicing and working with him every day. And he was like, you know, I think this will be good for you. You know, a lot of guys kind of get out there immediately and, and are just riding a high and don't really know what to do. And, and I think this will be good for your progression to kind of like, you know, really hone in on your game, see what you need to work on and, uh, you know, help you get some, you know, good practicing and good experience and, and, uh, and yeah, I think that's kind of, you know, and it, it hasn't really, I haven't really like broken through yet by any means, but you know, it's been a, a up and down path to get, to get to where I am. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been interesting for sure. Yeah. You've played consistently. Uh, if you look over the past, you turned pro in 2015. And so over the past seven years, you've had different status on various tours, but in general, you've played pretty consistently and show that like you can play at a high level. I think last year on PGA tour Canada, I think you finished 42nd about or something like that. And so just at all stages you played solid. I want to talk some more about that before we do that. I want to talk about 2018. You played in the Memorial and made the cut there. I want to talk about what that week was like for you. And similarly to the U S open, what your takeaways were from it. And it sounds like you came to it better prepared than you were for the U S open. Yeah, for sure. I was, I was, uh, I was so much better prepared for the Memorial than, um, like I was saying earlier, just taking that kind of like blueprint of what I learned and saw at the U S open and, and using that to kind of help me prepare for the, the Memorial. 
my game was at a place where it was very sharp then too. I had just like in the spring, I had just qualified for PGA tour Canada and I was really starting to play like good, consistent golf. Um, you know, shooting good scores almost like every time I was going out and, and getting rid of like the, the higher score and, and everything. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I got lucky. They, they let me know I was in the event about three weeks before the tournament started. And, um, they're like, yeah, come up and play and practice as much as you want. I think they were just saying that as a courtesy, but I had a friend who had just graduated from OSU who wasn't at his apartment in Columbus. So that became my apartment for the next three weeks. And I was at Muirfield every single day, basically for the next three weeks, playing and practicing and getting used to the golf turn, the golf course and everything. So as far as like going into the week, I didn't really have to learn the golf course at all because I had played it probably 15 times leading up like the previous couple weeks. So the big thing for me was making sure I'm rested, making sure I'm mentally ready to go, and then just dialing in my short game and getting used to like the speed of, speed and firmness of the greens. How did that How did that setup compare to uh, other hard setups that you had played before? I know it's um, generally known as one of the hardest setups on tour. The length of the golf course wasn't really like it necessarily like an issue for me. Uh, they had a, a lot of bunkers at like 300 and at, at the time I was smashing my driver. So I was, I was covering those. And so the tee balls weren't that bad, but the rough was so long that, um, it kind of changed the tee balls a little bit. Like, I mean, it was chip out. I mean, there was multiple times on par fours and par fives where I was literally wedging out sideways cause I was in the rough. The course, the first day played the hardest. The weather was dicey. It was just kind of overcast and windy and blustery. And that was the day that I played the best. I mean, I think I was so ready to go to go that, you know, I was ready for any challenge. And I putted really nice that, that day and really that week in general. And uh, scrambled and did a good job of, like, you know, driving the ball in play. But there were multiple times where I had to chip out. Like a couple holes in a row on on ten, the first round I had to chip out after missing the fairway, and then got up and down from eighty yards for par. Eleven, I had to chip out, and then had two ten in. Ended up hitting it to like ten fifteen feet. Um, but that was the biggest thing. Like the length of the rough and the speed of the greens were were crazy difficult. And so coming away from that tournament, was there anything anything that you took away from from it similar to? how you had a good takeaway from the U S open. Yeah, for sure. Um, now that I had like played well in a professional event or that wasn't the first professional event that I played well in, but it was a, you know, I'd made the cut in that corn Ferry event a couple of years before that I Monday qualified in. So I knew like, okay, my game is good enough, but then stacking it up against the best in the world at the Memorial, at like a hard golf course and being like, I think I finished like 60th place and, and, but just seeing that and and knowing like how I felt like I played, which was like, I felt like I played average other than the first day I played very average. And, um, just like, I wasn't crazy nervous. I was nervous, but I wasn't like freaking out or anything. And, uh, having 
having like that confidence of like, okay, I played well in this. I played well when I was the most nervous the first round and shot, you know, whatever, three under. Um, and then I kind of scraped it around the rest of the week. That gave me a lot of confidence moving forward because I felt like, hey, like my game's good enough to compete on the highest of levels. Like no matter if I'm playing good or playing bad. And that really, really like helped, helped me for that next summer for sure. So after that, I guess you end up going to Q school. I think you missed at second stage by like a really close margin. Um, and then the whole thing with COVID happened. So everybody kind of didn't know what to do. Um, but kind of walk us through, you know, the whole COVID year, um, what your plans were, what your thoughts were. And, um, I guess ultimately ending up getting through Q school this year and getting your corn fairy status. Yeah. So, I mean, Q school is tough for everybody. I, uh, that year that I played in the Memorial, I feel like that was up until this year, probably the best that my game had been. So like not getting through second stage that year was a, a, pretty big bummer to me because I felt like I was like on the right track. Like at that point, I felt like I was just going to take this like, you know, linear line straight to the PGA tour, go first year in Canada, second year corn Ferry or web.com, whatever it was. And then the next year be on the tour. And then I kind of struggled on my last eight holes at, at Q school that year in 2018. And, you know, that was, that was kind of a bummer. And then not, then having like one more year before COVID kind of was, uh, you know, was interesting. And then going into COVID was like, no one knew what to do, but I took it from the approach was like, all right, everyone's going to be sitting around, not really knowing what to do. So why not attack this? Like we were fortunate enough to where the golf courses were open. I was living in Florida at the time and Florida as a state was probably the you know, everybody was kind of able to do whatever they wanted, even during the beginning stages of COVID. But being in the you know, golf business, the it was, you know, everybody was playing golf because that was the only thing you could do. But I took the approach as like, man, everyone's going to be sitting around not really knowing what to do. So why not use this as a time to try to get a little edge on everybody else? And, uh, as I was saying earlier, I've lived with Ashton for a couple of years and Ashton and I were living together in Florida and we both kind of took that approach. I mean, we were, we were getting up, working out, going to the course, coming back, working out and doing that every day. I mean, it was, it was kind of a grind, but we kept joking, we're going to get COVID strong. And, uh, yeah, I think that really helped us maybe not initially, but later on down the road as the, as like COVID like that year continued on. You know, I think we both kind of benefited from that a lot, just trying to gain that edge from take a negative situation and try to spin it into a positive and use it to our advantage. Yeah, having a good buddy to work out with, play golf with, et cetera, is an important part of it. And we know Ashen's had a lot of good things to say about you, your game, and how it challenges him when you guys are playing against each other. What's it been like you're down in Florida now and you're down in Florida for a while. What's it like having that group and being part of that group of good players down there who kind of push each other and getting real competitive experience? Cause if you're at a course by yourself, that's something that 
it is harder to find if there's not, it's harder to get that almost that pseudo tournament experience that comes with playing money games. You can give your buddy 10 shots. You can be like Ashton and give me 18 shots, but it really doesn't change. It really isn't the same thing as playing against guys who could flat out beat you every day and guys that you could flat out beat every day. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great. I think it's the best, best thing that you can do as a, as a young professional or in, in any level. Um, ultimately that was the reason why I moved to Orlando. They had a couple mini tours down there and uh, there were plenty of like other mini tour players that um, you would play and practice against every day. And then I moved from Orlando to Jacksonville and the, you know, it having the TPC access and, and being around, not that the guys are like so much of a better player, but to be out at TPC, you have to have a certain status. And uh, I think that speaks to the level of players that are out here and just playing with high level players every single day. I mean, you better, you better bring it. I mean, you're going to, you got to figure it out how, you know, how to go out there and shoot a good score every single day of the week, or you're going to get your bell rung a little bit. And, you know, these are guys you're with every day and, and you don't want to become the punching bag. And and there's always like the friendly competition too. So like, I think that that's good for just like helping you get ready for events and practicing. I mean, when you're not playing with the guys and practicing, if you're just like out there messing around and you look up and everybody's taking it pretty serious and working hard that's you're just gonna start doing that as well instead of just kind of out there messing around let's talk a little bit about q school you've had a few close calls in the past and then this year you started in second stage from your canadian status got through second stage and then went on and now have corn fairy status tell us a little bit about what q school has been like for you yeah so I have had a few close calls at Q school and uh, just trying to like evaluate each one of those experiences, even though you may not want to like think about it that much, but there's always lessons to be learned from any outcome and uh, taking those experiences and, and figuring out like what went wrong, like what did I do that, uh, you know, kept me from advancing. And so this year, at Q school, I was playing good and leading up towards it. I mean, I I started playing pretty good golf the second half of the summer up in Canada this this past year, and uh, I think that like from a game aspect gave me a lot of confidence. I played good at first stage, kind of cruised through that, and then second stage there was a couple weeks in between. Um, so just trying to like keep my game sharp, doing whatever I could do to, for that, and then. Um, Come, come second stage, I was like, I was at a course I was very comfortable with. I'd played well there in the past. I played okay the first day, and then the second day I, I shot like eight under the second round and, and moved way up the leaderboard and then played average the third round to really kind of make it a little more stressful the final day. And then the final day I just kind of played super timid, and I realized in the past, like, this is where I had made my mistake in the past. I, you start playing defense a little too much. Like, you know, Q school is one of the things where it's like you're not getting any money from it unless you're make it, unless you're at final stage and you're really 
it doesn't matter if you finish first or 18th, whatever the last qualifying position is, everybody is going to the same place or moving on. So, um, I kind of had to like readjust my thinking and my like game plan and my mentality on the back nine. I, I, I knew what the scores were. I looked at my phone after like a, the 12th hole and I was like, all right, I'm right on the cut line. Like I, you know, I got it even par. I, I knew 12 under or whatever the number was, 10 under. I don't know what the number was. I was on the number and I knew that was going to be the number. And so not that I was like playing crazy aggressive, but I told myself, I was like, we need to try to free it up a little bit and, and be a little more aggressive, stop playing as much defense, like maybe not go like, like at the middle of the green, but like take a smart aggressive line. And so like knowing that and then seeing myself like hit a couple good shots in a row and like executing those shots, even though they may have not ended up exactly where I wanted to, like that kind of was like, all right, I can do this. I've got this. And also like that point of the golf course, it was like, I have two par threes and then the rest of the course I was going to have a wedge in. So like understanding that if I manage the two par threes, I was going to have five more wedges left and I play and I just kept telling myself it's my time I'm playing good like let's let's stay aggressive with these wedges and and kind of go from there and then I was able to like birdie my 16th hole um and then I kind of limped in on 18 a little three putt bogey to to finish it off but yeah that's I mean it was just kind of uh kind of positive self-talk and and re like knowing that in the past I've made this mistake before and and, and knowing that I've like, you know, like, okay, I need to change how I'm thinking and my mentality right now. Well, that leads in kind of perfectly to our last question. Use that experience, uh, the experiences you had in the past to teach yourself something. And the last question we ask all of our guests is that if you could go back to yourself as a junior golfer and tell yourself just one thing, what would that one thing be? Man, um, I, I would say like practice short game more, but that is just so such a like not a great answer. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that if I could tell myself as it as it something as a junior, I would just be like, uh, you know, maybe focus a little more when you practice. Like, just don't go out there and beat balls or something like that. Have have a little bit more awareness to what you're doing, and that's hard as a as a young kid, but just to, you know, maybe, maybe just have, have a little bit more of a, a objective when you're practicing other than just going out there to, to do it. That's perfect. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to join us. If people want to reach out to you, find you on social media, where can they do that? Uh, yeah. So I'm on, uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'm not very active, but I have it. Uh, uh, my Instagram is uh, Andrew S Dorn one five, and then my Twitter is a Dorn eleven. Um, I'll post some stories every now and then. I think my last post was uh, over a year ago on Instagram and, and Twitter. It might be a couple years ago, but I'm on there. Perfect. Well, if you're listening, make sure to give Andrew a follow on social media, and then if you're interested in helping more people learn about elite tournament golf, please like our podcast. Or if you're listening on YouTube please like and subscribe. 
These things help us help more people learn about elite tournament golf. If you're looking for us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at tournament code and on Instagram at the tournament code. 